Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hi there, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Ready to keep talking about Matthew chapter 9 today? Hey, man. Have I got a microphone here or what? (laughs) I'm ready to talk. Let's jump in here. We were talking about Jesus' ability to forgive sins yesterday. Yes. Which leads us into a beautiful little historical account about a bunch of sinners. (laughs) He goes to where the sinners are. So in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Lots and lots and lots in these two paragraphs, more than we can cover in 15 minutes. Have you seen any of these uh, episodes, the show called The Chosen? No, I, well, I've seen one. Seen one? Okay, well, uh, I just, I love the way Matthew is portrayed in that show. He is one of the most interesting characters. Okay. Um, they, uh, they, they cast him as someone who maybe is afflicted a little bit with the OCD, which makes him kind of a, I guess a good thing in an accountant and a tax collector, (laughs) but just how he is just constantly despised and they figure out all the different ways to show that. And, uh, you know, I'm singing my song of the books of the new Testament. And I always start with Matthew, Mark, Matthew's my hero. Matthew wrote this gospel. But in his day and age, Matthew was a controversial character. I don't know if he had OCD or anything like that, but the public perception that Jesus would go to this fella, make this fellow one of his disciples, I mean, Jesus is inviting the the suspicion, even the stink eye from a lot of people. <laughs> it is a controversial pick that, that official, Matthew the tax collector should come be one of the 12. I, I love you bringing up that official doctrinal position of the stink eye. I think it's Hebrew. And <laughs> <laughs> the Hebrew. He calls Matthew. He says, follow me. And that's exactly what Matthew does. Matthew follows. We don't have, to my knowledge, any information about what had happened between Jesus and Matthew prior to this. Mm -hmm. I think probably from looking at what happened with Peter and Andrew, James and John, and when we piece together the Gospels, we understand that there actually was interaction before Jesus said, follow me, and they just left. You know, it's not just some strange guy walks in and says, follow me, and Matthew says, oh, I think I will. There, There was... 
Well, there was a movement gathering for sure. And in that community, no doubt there was some interaction between Matthew and Jesus prior to this. So that when Jesus comes to him and says, follow me, Matthew is prepared to do that. But neither Matthew nor Mark nor Luke nor John actually fills in the gap on that one. But one of the interesting things is you said a few moments ago that Jesus goes where the sinners are. And of course he did because he left heaven and he came down here, which is where all the (laughs) sinners are. Good point. But one of the perspectives I do think I want to make sure we grasp is that when Mark tells us about this party with the with the tax collectors and sinners i want us to hear how mark tells it in mark chapter 2 and verse 15 and as he reclined at table in his house many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with jesus and his disciples why here's what it says for there were many who followed him now that's important to me and the reason is is because as I have been in conversation many, with, I'm sorry to interrupt you but you're reading that as many being many tax collectors and sinners followed him. Yes. Okay. This okay. is why just, there were tax collectors and sinners there uh-huh. because, because not because were, many Pharisees followed him yeah. but because many tax collectors and sinners were following I'm him. I'm tracking with you now. Okay. 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 So, here's why that's important to me. Because today, the very common perception is Jesus walked into town, went over to the red light district, just loved people to death, just healed people, partied with people. He had these he had these parties with the sinners and the tax collectors until they all just realized how much he loved them. And, and then kind of they granted him permission to bring his doctrine into their lives. That is not what is happening here. That is not what happens anywhere in the Gospels. There was this gathering yeah. because he came into town and he started teaching and folks followed him. And some of the people that followed him, many of the people that followed him were tax collectors and sinners. Why Why was there this party that Jesus was at? It wasn't because, hey, let me go hang out with you so you know how much I love you so that maybe you'll listen to me later. It was, you've listened to me. You're coming to this gathering in order to listen to me. The, the reason why they were there is because they were following him. Well, to that end, look at the metaphor he chooses in verse 12. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, that there is an awareness among the people of a sickness. And when you know you're sick, the doctor's your hero. You seek the doctor out. There was about Christ and about his teaching and his truth, the solution evident to the sickness these people were afflicted with. And, and to some degree, of course, we're all afflicted with, we're all sinners. But his the 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 medicine, the solution, the the message is so powerful, is so true, and presented in such a way, it was just evident. This is this is what I must have, this is what I need. I sometimes have the same problem while I'm just reading any book of the Bible, like Matthew, and any passage within Matthew that I expressed having with the Sermon on the Mount, and that is compartmentalizing the paragraphs, Mm. especially when my version of the Bible puts a little heading. Oh, we're in a new section. We we were, Jesus heals a paralytic, paralytic. Now we're in this new section, Jesus calls Matthew. Mm. And because we're now in this new section about Jesus calls Matthew, it's like I, I... like psychologically, I'm oh, okay, we're something new, let's move on, we're, we're in a new room, we're in a new place. However, there's actually a really strong connection between what we talked about yesterday and this. Because what we talked about yesterday is Jesus' authority to do what? Forgive sin. And then the next story is about a bunch of sinners that follow him. Mm-hmm. Do, does it occur to us 
that the reason a bunch of sinners followed him is because the the message went out. This man forgives sins. This man forgives sins. I want to get near the guy who has the authority, they think, from God rather than just because he is God. Right. They, they haven't pieced together the full story yet. But here's a man from God that has the authority to forgive sins. I want the forgiveness of sins. So I go hang out with the guy that can forgive sins. And that's exactly what is going on here. They're, the sinners are coming to receive forgiveness. And the people who don't realize what sinners they are, mm, they start attacking and pushing back and rebuking, and they have a real problem with this. So when Jesus is healing lepers, right, he, he'll uh, touch the untouchable, and here's physical uncleanness, and that seems to be celebrated by about everyone. But, well, yeah. when he, but when he moves then to these moral and spiritual untouchables, the tax collectors and the sinners, now we start to see pushback. Now we start to see from the religious elite, they begin to counterattack. Well, they're going to push back against the teaching, but you notice they also end up pushing back against the miracles because, all right, now, now you've started teaching things that we can't accept, so we have to provide a counter-narrative regarding all these miracles you're doing. And, you know, one of the parallels here, when he heals lepers, who starts following him? Lepers. Mm. Folks who want to be healed. Mm -hmm. When when he's here in Matthew, when he forgives sinners, who starts Mm -hmm. following him? Yeah, sinners. 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 Now, here's the problem that the Pharisees had. The Pharisees and the scribes had a problem with this idea of these awful, terrible people being forgiven so that you should hang out with them. You think it was that? I, I, and I'm just, it just occurs to me, you know, the whole deal, we talked about it last week with the leper. Uh, if you touch a leper, you become unclean. Maybe the Pharisees have that same kind of thinking. If I'm starting to eat with tax collectors and sinners, here's this association, I will be corrupted. Oh, I think that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, that comes from not having an ability to picture forgiveness. Okay. If, if I... It's it's the idea that look you're a sinner I know you're a sinner once a sinner always a sinner they they, they the had Pharisees like, could make it clear who the sinners were but where was the redemption no they, for, they didn't have that did they yeah there's no there's no forgiveness no forgiveness they you know I desire mercy they didn't grasp mercy mm. they didn't grasp mercy they they grasped you either got it right and you always got it right or look you're done you're yeah. done Jesus comes in and says you're a sinner. You're not supposed to continue in sin. That separated you from God. But you know what I can do? I can forgive your sins. I can forgive your sins. And the Pharisees looked at those folks and said, look, they're sinners. They're tax collectors. Nothing has changed. They haven't become something new. They can't become something new. And so if I touch them, if I'm around them, that's going to soil and defile me. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Jesus is this one with holiness, with righteousness, with love that says, I can forgive you. Your association with me cleanses you. It cleans you of your sins, which means we can be together. And and that's what he's pushing towards. I, I, look, I don't want to act like the only people he ever ate with were the folks who had already received their forgiveness. I know well, that's not true. Obviously not. But, you know, that's, that's his, his point is I've got I do have to be around. And these are the kind of people that are going to come be around me because they want the healing that I am offering. I see also in these verses what a joy there is about all of this. Um, with the meal going on at Matthew the tax collector's house or Levi's house, the Pharisees are asking, why are you eating with 
these people, tax collectors and sinners. But then John's disciples come around, which would be John the Baptist, and they want to know, hey, why are you eating? Yeah. Why aren't you fasting? <laughs> why aren't you fasting? We all have to fast. And the Pharisees all have to fast. So, you know, the, it's, the Pharisees are troubled with who he eats with. These other guys are troubled. Why, where's the fasting and all of this? Uh, and Jesus makes it clear that this is a time of great joy. That the bridegroom is celebrating here now. And, you know, some of this rich uh, wedding uh, messianic picture is, is, is painted for us. Hey, the Messiah has come, and these are all good things. John's disciples are struggling because their teacher had said, I'm pointing you to this guy. Mm-hmm. And as they look at how this guy and his disciples act, they feel like they have more connection with the Pharisees. Mm. And John had rebuked the Pharisees. Oh, Remember sure when the Pharisees <laughs> and the scribes came out, he told them, you brood of brood vipers, vipers, repent. Yeah, yeah. And so now they're in this, I don't understand, because the Pharisees act more like us and John than Jesus does. But John rebuked the Pharisees and Jesus, and, and John pointed to Jesus. And so Jesus tells this story about, look, when the bridegroom is here, mm-hmm. why do you think he chose that? Do you think that's the metaphor he chose because... Well, when John was teaching about why he was handing more over, he must decrease and Jesus must increase increase. because he talked about being the friend of the bridegroom Mm -hmm. and this is the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jesus is connecting to John's teaching. Don't don't you remember John told you I'm the bridegroom? Yeah. Yeah. And look, I get it. Last week you were hanging out with the the friend of the bridegroom and that was a time to fast. But now we're with the bridegroom. Yeah. We're in the wedding it's not the time to do that. Now, the time will come. The yeah. time will come when the bridegroom has gone away. I think we're in that time. So I think fasting is something Christians are going to do now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he was saying it's not appropriate. Yeah. He said, you're not going to fast at a wedding feast any more than you're going to put a piece of unshrunk cloth on a shrunk garment. Uh, you're, just, you're just not going to do it. And I see the connection because it characterizes, again, the joy of forgiveness of sin and mercy being brought to people who thought there was no mercy for me. Yeah. Yeah, it all goes together. Well, we appreciate so much you joining us for the conversation from Matthew 9 today. Send us an email. Let us know what you're learning from the Scripture. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org is that email. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a prayer, Edwin. Holy God, thank you for calling me, even though I'm a sinner. Thank you for your Son calling me and us because we are sinners. And thank you for healing us and cleansing us of sin. It is through our healer, the great physician, that we offer this thanks. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.